We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast, where you think before you love. Please feel free to subscribe and listen on Anchor, Audible, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, CastBox, Podcast Addict, Breakers, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Deezer, or your browser. Be sure to share a link with a colleague, family member, or friend. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is for mature audiences due to the sensitive nature of subject matter. Think before you love is the Romantic Truth Podcast motto. You will not get slapped here, we promise. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. Let's talk about dating the thankless lover. Now this person has no appreciation for you. You do all the things in the world for this individual, and it falls on deaf ears. Now, there are reasons for this to happen. So, let's talk to you, who are doing all these things, trying to find out why your partner is not really responding. The first is they don't like you. A lot of times what happens, you overdo it. You go out of your way for someone who does not want you, who does not like you, who cares not to be around you. Now, here's the thing. When you're dealing with a person like that, you will never be able to win them over. You'll never be able to convince them that you're good for them. They see you as tainted. They see you as inferior. They see you as bad news. Now, would they tell you this to your face? Of course not, because they have the benefit of using you. That's why they won't. So, you could take them out to the poshest restaurants. You could go and tell them how wonderful they are. It doesn't matter. Because, see, as they see it, you are nothing compared to them. You're just a waste of their time, to put it mildly. Now, there are various reasons why people do this. A lot of times the reason why they do it is because they have low self-esteem. And therefore, being taller than you, being better than you, being more than you is better than being you. Unfortunately, there are others that actually get erotic thrill out of treating someone poorly. They love humiliating people. And so, they will find fault in your efforts. I had a friend of mine years ago that threw a birthday party. And she threw it for this guy that she was dating. Let me tell you, he didn't appreciate a damn thing she did. She had baked the cake herself. I'm talking about one of these big ass sheet cakes. She baked it herself. Didn't care. This friend of his had priority over this friend of mine who was his girlfriend. He treated that friend of his that was a co-worker as if she was to catch me out. Now I'm thinking the whole time, well maybe my friend did something wrong or messed up. And so eventually I got a chance to talk to the gentleman. We were just chatting and he says, well, you know, your friend is nice, but I can never take her seriously. 
she's just not my type. I didn't know how to break it to her to tell her the truth. And I just told her, I said, you know, you might need to slow your roll a bit with him. And she was, no, I'm not going to let that other bitch go and beat me out. So she brought it up a few notches. Buying him gifts. Doing all kind of things for him. Buying him clothes and everything. He got to the point he had sex with her a couple of times in the beginning. And then it got to a point of no sex. Ladies, when a man turns sex down with you, he is no longer interested. And this is what happened in her case. And she told me one day, I want you to go somewhere with me. And I didn't know it at the time. But she knew that he was going to be at South Coast Plaza at the mall. She knew what stores he liked to go to. And she's carrying me by the hand and we're running from one store to the next. And of course she was using me to try to make him jealous. And so she sees him and he's not with the young lady that he would normally be with, but he's with this white lady. At first she was going to set him up where she was going to be all cozy with me. When she saw that, she broke from me and started after him. And she started throwing things at him and hitting him. And finally, security came over and escorted her out. So here we are in the car. She's crying. She's bawling. And she's like, well, could you call him and talk to him? I said, for what? He's not into you. Everything you've done for him has been for naught. And what people have to realize, that's a form of mental illness when you're doing something for someone and they don't acknowledge, reciprocate. That's on you because you have the problem. You have the problem of being reaffirmed or to be in some way approved. So what do you want to do, get certified as a fool? The minute that person no longer shows interest in you, you need to turn away and walk away. Don't push forward. Don't try any more effort. Leave it alone while you can. Because if you don't, it's only going to come back to hurt you even worse. Because this person's already made a choice. And that choice is not to deal with you. And sadly... you go on and you take yourself and you throw it at that person and they're going to take you for granted. Some of the ladies who had written who had dated white guys in high school and college and these guys did not want an African American woman around them when they went home for vacation or when they graduated. So these women felt used. They felt like the only thing this guy did was fuck me while I was in college because I was a novelty. And now that he graduated, I'm no good. Folks, we all at some point put ourselves in situations where we deal with thankless people. We do it with family. We do it with friends. And what you have to understand is you're going to have to cut them off. 
And when you cut them off, it's a situation where you don't want to leave them any leeway or room to come back into your life to hurt you. This is one of the reasons why when someone tells me, no, I've made up my mind, I don't want to deal with this or whatever for a relationship, they don't realize how remote they are from me at that point. There is absolutely nothing that can ever get them back, not only in my good graces, but in a way that I really give a damn about them in any kind of capacity. Now, some will try to go and use their friendship as a wedge to get back in. Be careful on that, because opportunists will always use the least path of resistance in order to get back in to do their damage. Please understand that. Because some of you right now listening to me have been used just like toilet paper and flushed just like it. Some of you ladies have co-signed for automobiles for men. Some of you have moved men in with you. Some of you have put guys on the lease with you. Some of you have gone out and stuck your neck out to get them a job, jeopardizing your own based on this conduct. I already know. Some of you even jeopardize your own academic future by helping this fool cheat on a test. For what? Some of you guys have gone out there and bought all kind of gifts. Damn to put yourself in bankruptcy to try to make this woman happy. Went out and spent money you needed for your rent, light bill, gas bill, gas for your car, car note, insurance. Just so you can impress this woman. And she doesn't even acknowledge you as her man. That's the first thing, folks. If the person you're trying to curry favor to does not acknowledge you as their boyfriend or girlfriend, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? You're in a relationship with a no label. Oh, we got a situationship. No, you got a situationship. It's really a situation shit. That's what it is. But some people just want to say that they're with someone just for the hell of it. There's a lady right now I know that's on Facebook, swiping down. This guy's her boyfriend. She's never met this man. And so she puts her status in a relationship and puts his name in the relationship with her. Because... This is the only thing that she has that keeps her motivated, keeps her going. And what does this guy do? He treats her just like she's a bald-headed stepchild. Anytime she's ready to use her, he can. She does anything for him. She sent him clothes, sent him money, all these things. You think he gives her a thank you? No, because his expectations are set for her to always be the person trying to please him. Now see, once you create these Frankensteins where they're going out and they're constantly raising a bar for you, it's your own fault. And this is where you gotta 
make an assessment of yourself, your, how you value yourself, and how you see yourself. Because people only treat you the way you see yourself. That's key. That is key. Now, another thing to keep in mind. Self-serving people will always find flaws and faults in everything you do. And the reason for this, as long as they can come at you in a sense where you're negative about yourself, guess who has the control? Guess who can manipulate you even more? And what they want to do is manipulate you in such a way until you become very hypersensitive. And once that happens, you're easier, far easier to manipulate because you become offended by everything. And they want to make sure that they underscore that. And here's how they do it. You know, they may go and want a certain, we'll say, brand of liquor or brand of water, whatever it is. And it may not be something that you can find at the regular grocery store. You might have to go to a specialty shop, something of that sort, as an example. The reason why they're doing this is they want to see how far they could actually give you on the stress test. How far of a fool can I make this person be for me? And the reason why they're doing that is because guess what you're doing? You're going to stand a third for that person out of a scope where you would normally go for a regular person. You're going, instead of going to Ralph's or Smith's, you're going over here to the specialty beverage shop to get whatever this person wants and pay a premium price for it. Now, I want you to understand one thing. What that is doing is playing on your sensitivity. It's making you very sensitive. Because now you realize, damn, I went over here, I, I drove all the way over here, spent all this money, burned up my gas to please this person. So I should be justly rewarded. So you go do it. You might get a mild thank you if you're lucky. And what they're trying to do is to lower your expectations by not being so cele- celebratory when it comes down to you doing things. They're going to do just enough to keep you motivated and keep you going. But here is the thing that you have to realize. As they send you out on these dummy missions, so to speak, what they're also doing is softening you up so that when you fail, when you fail them in any juncture, they can blame it on you. And you become so hypersensitive in trying to please this person that you take it hard. And this is exactly what they want you to do. They want you to feel the pain that they don't feel. They feel inconvenience. You feel feel the pain of failure, rejection. And that's the way they want to project it. So it's two sensations going on. When you're disappointment, when you're disappointed, guess what? You're not that emotionally involved. But when you're crushed due to failure, it's a different story, isn't it? Now, 
This is one of the reasons why a lot of people don't like this show. Because you have to think before you love. Because they're so accustomed to just going out there and doing it. And then after they fuck up, they want to read the instructions on how to fix something. Or how to go back through it and straighten it out. Because they get bored. Because they're not comfortable with who they are or with themselves or the situation they're in. We're going to talk more in just a moment. tell y'all about this ragged-ass daughter of mine. You keep having these motherfucking babies and giving them to me. Like I gonna sit down and ask you to have me some more motherfucking children. See, this the type of shit y'all need to be motherfucking talking about at these tea parties and these motherfucking government meetings and shit y'all be having. When these motherfuckers don't take care of their goddamn kids, and they keep pushing them motherfuckers out and giving them to their grandparents and their parents to raise these little badass bastards. Stitch them bitches pussy. Stitch them bitches pussy. Because see, you can't even blame the man because you let him do it. Stitch these bitches pussy. Now, I do have to tell the truth on this one. Um, She's hit a brick wall. A lot of you write in about this very same subject matter. Many of you are grandparents. Many of you are single moms who have done your job. And now your daughters, in some cases your sons, are bringing children home to you to rear and take care of while they go out and party and make more children. Now, what this lady's saying is something that a lot of parents think about but may not tell their kids. Have your tubes tied. If you're 30-something years old and you have three or four kids, what are you doing? Just keeping them untied for the fifth guy to come in that's going to be Prince Charming that's going to marry you? What about the others that you've already had where you thought the same thing and it didn't happen? You know, insanity is doing the same thing over, the same exact way, and expecting a different result. And that's what this stems from, is insanity in some form. Some sort of mental illness for people. What are you going to do, try to keep having children until you get it right? There are some women that I've spoken with personally, right here in Vegas. One lady that had the, that was 27 that had all those kids said that she fell in love with every man she had a child with. I said, okay, well, did he have the respect of even thinking about being with you and marrying you or at least having a relationship with you? She said, no, nah, that was too deep. As if having a child and rearing that child on your own is not deep enough. Multiple kids by different men. And some of these women 
are missing the love that they missed at home from their parents. They want that unconditional love. So they go out there and they have a baby by a man because they look at it, my parents didn't love me enough, so maybe this baby will until the child gets older. And then the child doesn't want to be around the mom anymore. The child wants to go out and do their own thing. And so the value of the mom becomes grandma. Let's dump the baby off on her. A lot of these grandmothers, women, some of you in your 30s, some of your grandmothers at 38, 39, in some cases even younger. I saw one grandmother that wrote me, she was 35. And you're looking at it from the perspective, I've reared my kids already, I've done all this stuff. Why am I going through it a second time? And what you'll find is that you want to help your child, and what that child is hoping is that by bringing you that grandbaby, that grandbaby is going to be the love of your life and you are going to fall in love with that grandbaby while she goes out there again and tries to find a man to get it right this time around. Only to probably come home with another child. Now, as you know, I believe in a woman having the right to choose and I don't even think it should be a right. I think it should be a God-given right in the sense that she was born independent of a man so therefore why not have all the rights entitled to her as a human being a lot of women are being responsible by getting abortions because we have to look at it we don't think about the quality of that child's life after it's born in some cases these women can't even afford to take care of the kids they have In other cases, their grandparents have to take care of the children or their parents becoming the custodial guardians of these children because the mothers live their lives so recklessly or they may be in a bad situation where the man didn't want to have another child and she's having a baby and he don't want her to bring the baby into the house. It was her choice to be with him. Now, here's some things we have to look at, though. See, that old tradition of punishing women, oh, you had sex, you need to have the baby. That's out the door. Because what we're realizing now, in many urban areas, in many places where poverty reigns, these kids are growing up and they're becoming part of the problem. Now, the larger context of this is who are being affected? Women of color. Why don't they want them to stop having children? Well, we got this thing called a penal system. And the way we look at it, that's the best way to feed it. Because these kids know damn well, growing up, the odds are against them. Some of them have to come out of the womb, hustling, joining gangs and everything else just to get along. So, what has to happen? the quality of our lives has to change. These grandmothers are getting tired. Some of them have been from generations where, yet true enough, they had children with men and they stuck by their children and didn't have any more with other men until those children were gone. Grown and gone. And now they're at a point where they want to live their lives and don't want to be tethered down to babysitting 
they want to be the grandparent that has the luxury of seeing their grandkids when they choose to. You got to remember these grandmothers didn't have any choice when they were rearing many of you ladies. They had to be there for you. And it's unfair to them to have to go through this same process again, even though many of them volunteer for it. But see, sometimes you take their kindness for weakness and for granted. And she's speaking out like other grandparents need to start speaking out about this. And these girls have to understand that there's no safety net for them. It's based on the choices and the decisions they make when it comes down to these men. Trying to have babies with men until you find one that loves you, that's the dumbest idea you could ever think of. A child is not going to keep a man. A child is not going to solidify a relationship. As men, most of us look at children as a bill. I've been one of them. Because that requires you to stop what you're doing in life and devote that time and opportunity to them. Now I want you to compile this with having to do that and taking care of elderly parents who are dying, who are sick. You're going to run yourself ragged. A lot of you are running into this same conundrum in your 40s. That 35 to 44 demographic, many of you are dealing with this right now. You had preached until you were blue in the face to your daughters about not going out there and bringing in another baby. And what do they do? They go out there and bring in another baby. And it frustrates you because you might have had a child when you were too young to really support that child. And you're trying to prevent them from doing the same thing. And both of you wind up in the same damn boat. Grave disappointment. So, the benefit of Roe v. Wade would be that some of these women who have been raped, who have had incestuous affairs, or even some that have had babies or got pregnant by married men. In any case, this child's going to come out and be a dysfunctional part of society more often than not if they don't have a stable environment to develop in. I see this dysfunction is not intrinsic. It could be something where the way they've grown up has been so perverse that when they become adults, it doesn't stop. It just goes on and perpetuates itself, maybe into another generation of children. And what kind of life will these kids have? Think about it. They're unwanted. And you can say put them up for adoption, but we know one thing that's happening. Who's being adopted the most? White children. What will happen to these black kids? They wind up in foster care. Many of them wind up molested, abused. And when they get out, they're fucked up. I know I've dated products of those systems. I've dated women who had multiple kids by different men. Dated one lady. We went out one time on that first date with her. Hell, she forgot which baby daddy belonged to which child. 
And it's very difficult to date in those situations because each one of the fathers of those children have a unique situation with the mother and with the child. So they can talk all the smack they want to. And I see these girls on YouTube, Instagram, 14, 15, 16 years old, bragging about how great it is to be a mom. And yet most of them won't finish high school. Yet most of them will have more children before the time they're 25. And they're messing their lives up well before 18 to 25, which is the normal demographic for mess-ups. And yet these women will go through life and never know what it's like to be married. Only what, about 24 to 28% of black women in general will ever see marriage? That's it. The majority will not. And it's because 51% of African-American men are single with no children. For a reason. Because what they see is not what they desire. And no matter how you dress up and put on your weave, your makeup, your lipstick and everything else, we still look about what you're attached to, what you're bringing to the table. Now, if you want to get mad at those other men that got you impregnated from that other percentile, that 49%, go right ahead. But understand one thing for sure. The guys who sidestep you, they had nothing to do with it. It's about the choice you made, not about the child you have. And that's what you have to keep in mind. And that's what this woman is complaining about here. And she rightfully so has a way of complaining because after all, she is the person that's going to wind up taking this kid to PTA meetings, talking to the the teachers about the grades for the kid, while the mama is out there trying to get a man that loves her. This is sad. Alright, now the worst thing you can do to a person that you're really going overboard for is to try to tell them by comparison, you know, I'm spending all this time and all this money doing this for you, I could have been doing it for someone else. As if you're trying to project blame, shame, and guilt. Guess what's going to happen with that person? They're going to say, well, take your ass on then, you won't be missed anyway. That's what a thankless person does. Ungrateful, call it what you like. These people don't have the acumen to really comprehend a person's feelings. They don't care. But you like this guy or you like this lady because they're attractive, they're engaging, they're charismatic, and they're giving you a little half ass attention. And you're taking it to mean that they really are head over heels over you, which is the biggest farce ever told. You're tolerated enough not to be regurgitated. That's all it is. Just like if you have an upset stomach and you drink that 7-Up in order to keep the bubblies from coming up. 
Casal are doing with you. You will start serving functions for them. They're going to create distance because you're not really someone they're interested in. You're someone that they could easily manipulate so they won't respect you no matter what you do. And sometimes if they have sex with you, they're going to have you doing degrading things in order to appease them, in order to curry favor. And then after you finish, you're going to feel like shit. And they're still going to go on. And what this proves to them is how low your self-esteem is, how low your self-perception is. And when they see this, they gloat in the fact that you don't have it. And this is where they want you. Because then, they can assert control. And if they choose to, they can go and implement self-policing where you will always be accountable to them and they never have to be accountable to you. So you can't ask them about where they were last night because you're afraid of losing them. And they know this. And they're going to leverage the hell out of it. Fellas, let me tell you something. I was in a mall one day and this guy out of the clear blue the lady was walking past she had bags in her hand and he says ma'am what would I have to do to date you without breaking a stride she giggled looked at him and said first you have to get a job and second you shouldn't be standing around in a mall and third more so than anything you need to go and fix your wardrobe What she didn't know about this guy was that he owned a marketing firm. You know those people that come up to you and ask you to do a little survey in the uh, mall? This is what he did for a living. His company was very large. And he had just broken a million dollars that year. The reason why I know this is because he was the one person that asked me to do a survey. And then he gave me the business card. I looked up his company online and yeah, he was very profitable. But here's the thing that I will tell you. She didn't bat an eye. And I asked him, I said, why did you ask that random question? He says, because what I tried to do is to get an idea and account because he had another client who had a dating site that they were putting together and he wanted to have some kind of information where he could tell them pretty much what their sentiments are. So he observed her age and all the rest. And I told him, I said, you know there are resources online where you can get this already. You can go to Statista or one of the other Q group or somewhere like that. And he's like, yeah, he says, you know, but I don't want to pay the access for the databases when I can get this raw information, which will sell really well regionally. He had a valid point. It would. So he told me, he says, you know, he says, what I find fascinating is that I'm 35 years old and every woman in my age group has turned me down. 
based on the way I look. One thing that got had on was old navy t-shirt and blue jeans, Jordan sneakers. But because where he was in the mall, he wasn't dressed to the nines like the lady was who had all the bags. She made the assumption. Now, the interesting thing was this. I was ready to leave the mall. As she's pulling out of the parking lot as I'm coming out of the store, I'm seeing this beat up ass car and all those bags in the back seat. And I'm scratching my head and I'm saying to myself, she is dressed better than her automobile looks. So, wow. Interesting. Learning moment for me at that time. Now, one thing that I learned also, what he was doing with his marketing surveys was something I'd never do. It takes too damn long, too expensive, but he could afford it. He was backed by other sponsors. But here's the thing that I tell you. Overall, it comes down to us having to realize that a person cannot define us. So fellas, when these women are dissing you, let that shit roll off your back. They don't have that power. Because one thing you have to realize, they don't know what situation they're going to wind up in. And the biggest fear for a woman is to be with a man who's seeking other women after she's gotten to a point where she's no longer attractive to him. That's one of the biggest fears. Them becoming irrelevant and not having any more attention put their way. Now, with us men, we expect to be exiled by women. We expect to not be really cherished by women. And the reason why we do this is because we know that they have opportunities elsewhere. So you have to understand that aspect of it too. And they will leverage that against you. When they tell you, well, you know, I can get any man I want. Okay, well, hell, that doesn't serve me any purpose. Go ahead and get every man you want. And once you call them on their bluff, then they have to either piss or get off the pot, right? And this is the way you have to do it. Because if you don't, they're going to take you for granted. And they're going to try to use you. And you can't let that happen. You three o'clock guys, six o'clock guys, you got to quit being used by these women. Three o'clock guys, you got to quit going out and doing this, that, and the third for a woman don't give a shit about you. A woman that will do things such as walk around wearing only a house robe so you can smell her and see her when she's bending over, teasing you, threatening to end the friendship if you don't comport yourself. You don't have time for that shit. Pay your money and go to a strip club. At least there you have a chance of fantasizing about the pussy. With that woman, she's not going to do nothing but get your ass in trouble. And she's going to be the very woman that's going to try to flirt with you and show all this shit to you and never go as far as a relationship or anything. 
And the minute you get a dollar in your pocket, get some notoriety behind you, get a name behind you, get any kind of wealth, she's going to be in your face swearing up and down that she's your woman. Exile her ass now. Get those women out of your life because they are a waste of time. If they call you friend, okay, we're friends. Treat her like a friend, just like you would a male friend. You don't call your male friends that often, do you? Oh, shit, don't spend your time calling her or talking to her like that. You have to do this because I'm going to tell you, if you don't, these opportunists are going to come back in a minute and they're going to do their little checkups on you to see how you're doing. You don't contact them for a while. They'll contact, hey, how's it going? Oh, life's going well. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. I just want to catch up on what was going on. Fuck you, we don't need to keep up. Click. That's the way you have to do it. They don't deserve a status update. They've already told you no. Accept the no and move on. You're under no obligation to give them anything beyond what you get. Another factor. You six o'clock guys. Six o'clock guys, ladies and gentlemen, as I've said till I'm blue in the face, are the guys who will always try to act like they're the big shot. They're paying for everything. These women already know this guy is going to try to prove himself by paying. And so she's going to bring her girlfriends with her in order to exploit the opportunity and to be a buffer between him and her. And these guys don't get it. They think that the only way they can get to a woman is spending money. And this is why they don't wind up with decent women. They wind up usually with whores and prostitutes, strippers, and women like that. That are money-based. Because that's all these guys know. And most of these guys have low self-esteem. You take away the money, you ain't got shit as a man. because they don't have the other characteristics that would make them confident enough to be a man to stand alone beyond the money. Same principle with the woman. That woman that has nothing but pussy to offer, she's going to hold that out to the last. The woman who has more than pussy to offer, guess what she's going to do? She's going to be confident enough so when she makes a decision to sleep with you, She's sleeping with you out of her own necessity and out of the pleasure for both of you. Because she's got more to offer than her vagina. You'll get the vagina, but guess what? There's way more to her than just that. And she's going to let you know it. And the way she's going to let you know it is she's going to show you it. That's the reason why a lot of those women try to be so catty and not show. Because they ain't got shit to offer beyond the pussy. Just like some guys don't have shit to offer beyond the dick or the money. Now, another characteristic of these people. They usually may not have shit, but yet try to get to a position in the relationship where they're going to start demanding things. Case in point. You move a woman in, she doesn't have a job, doesn't have a place to stay, no money or anything like that. And then before you know it, 
she's fussing about cleaning up the place and telling you, well, you know, uh, don't bring those boots in the house and all this other stuff. And yet, you're the one that's paying the mortgage. True enough, you're respecting her cleaning the place. But you also have to remember, she hadn't put a dollar's worth of equity in the place and because she's cleaning the place up. Understand, that's the equivalent of her paying her keep to be there. Didn't give her any equity. But you have some people that honestly try to do that and they will leverage what little equity they think they do have and try to manifest it into some sort of clout. I'm telling you, watch yourself. That's the reason why you have to watch who you move into residence with you. Seriously. Give it about 18 months before you start talking about moving in with each other. Spend a little time at each other's place. You'd be surprised. They may value their things in their environment more so than yours. That's the way it works. So be mindful of that. They may think it's cool to leave clothes over at your place to mark territory, while at her place, oh no, Mm -mm. take all your stuff with you. That's a one-sided deal. What the hell are you doing? That's not love when a person is doing that. What that is, it's insecurity that leads to control. And you wonder why this person's single. Well, the reason why they're single is nobody going to pull up with that shit. And she's still on the quest trying to find somebody who will. And if she does find that person, she's going to wear him the fuck out because of one reason. She knows she doesn't run across men that she could do that to so often. That's what that's about. Now, another thing we have to come to grips with. When a person rejects you, please don't look at it as a temporary thing and you're going to try back later. Let it go. Let it the hell go. I can't stress that enough. And the only reason why I'm talking about this the way I am is because a lot of you have written in, how can I get him back? How can I get her back? I think I made a big mistake. And from what you've written in a lot of these emails, you guys have really thought this out before you broke up with the person. The one lady plotted for three years on how she was going to leave him. And then she left him and then wanted him back two weeks after she had dumped him. Got mad because he got with one of her rivals. You have to think it through. Pushing those emotional buttons will get you in trouble every time if you don't put any thought behind it. Now, I know a lot of people will say, well, you know, it's just like an active shooter situation sometimes when you're in a relationship and you got to make those snap decisions. Guess what you still do? You take about 20 to 30 seconds to really think about the consequences before you do something, don't you? Because if you go in there 
and you don't know what the hell you're doing, you may come up short. But see, a lot of people don't look at it that way. They live their lives by crisis. They go from one crisis to the next. That's their day. There's always a three alarm fire in their lives. Drama, uncertainty, turbulence. And you're trying to make somebody love you, love you that doesn't. And you hear those proverbial words. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. I love what you do for me, but I can never do for you the love that you desire. That's a hell of a thing to hear. I had a friend of mine's wife tell him that one time right in front of all of us. They were headed for divorce. But she had never loved him from day one and she told him that even their wedding day. But he tried to make it work so hard because he had put all that money, effort, and emotional capital into that woman. And it was only obvious. It was only obvious. He had gone out to the Angeles National Forest one time had a flat, called me up and asked me if I could come out there and help him, because he didn't have a spare. He had the little donut, but the donut had been worn out. So I drove my happy ass all the way out there, and I asked him, man, why don't you call your wife? He says, man, I can't depend on her. And I'm saying to myself, why are you married to her? And he got mad. Man, you know, that's my wife. Don't be talking about my wife. That kind of shit. She would take off with her girlfriends. Not call him or tell him. He's worried sick for the whole weekend. They would go down to San Diego, Vegas, Colorado, different places. She wouldn't tell him. He'd find out after she got back. And every time he tried to bring it up in a conversation, she'd shut him down. Well, if you don't like me being with you, I can leave. But he thought that she was the only woman that he would ever be able to get. She was fine as hell and attractive, but she had a nasty attitude and disposition. But he thought that was the best he could get because he didn't think he was that handsome and he only made about 45000 a year. Fellas, I'm telling you, people will take advantage of you based on your self-perception. Ladies, same thing. We're going to talk more in a second. Now, another thing, the thankless and ungrateful partner will always make it a point to look out for number one only, not first, only. It's going to be up to you to look out for yourself in the other portion of that relationship. 
Because, see, the way they see it, the relationship belongs to them. And you're not necessarily their partner. You're an accessory. Their partner could be someone that they like at work. Their partner could be someone that they like in a mall that they met or at the grocery store. That person, that stranger, even though you're in a relationship with this person, has more priority over you. They will spend more time with that person, more resources with that person, because they can get along with them better than you. Now, why you wonder why they keep you around? They keep you around for several reasons. One, they need a sucker. Two, in the event they go through that emotional spiral or lull, they have somebody that's loyal. You know, it's just like a dog that you have when, um, even though you're going, you may see these other dogs, but you really can't afford them because they're pretty expensive. And so you keep the one you have. Because that dog is loyal. And it's the way they look at you. Whether you're a man or a woman. This is the way that person looks at you. They take you for granted. They marginalize your efforts. You may do the best you can do on something. And the first thing they'll say, well, I don't even know why you tried to do that. That's horrible. And they will always mask it under the face of being real, being truthful. That word, word real is so overused. Doesn't mean shit. Real means real foolish. Oh, he real. Meaning that he's going out there in the streets and creating mayhem and killing people. But he's going to be real stupid in a minute because he's going to slip up at some point. What's really interesting, folks, is this. We sometimes get so enamored with a person that we think they can do no wrong. We think they can't fail us. We think that they're above reproach. And if we don't think that, we start to believe that. And we start creating philosophies around people. Sometimes people even deify some of the people that they're dating. Because what they're doing is they're hoping that this person is the salvation for them. They're hoping that this person will turn their lives around. And they feel as though they have to go through this humiliation as a test, just like they think they do in religion. Well, the Lord is testing me, so I have to go through this. And we're going to go and... Eventually we'll be together and things are going to work out. No, they're not. That's the way that person is. And you take on that burden. And then you realize later on in the relationship after you're trying to put that, take that boot out of your ass that that person put in it. That you've done nothing but actually created a cult around that individual. See, the one thing you have to remember, and I always say this. The only way a person becomes powerful is if you give them that power. I want you to think about all the powerless people right now. Why are they? 
that way. All these artists trying to be discovered. All these singers trying to make music. All of these athletes trying to get in sports. Because they have not been affirmed by a recognized entity that will tell everybody, hey folks, this person is good. And how do we designate them as being good? We give them the power of the acknowledgement of being good. We take that away, they have nothing. See, that was the concept based on the cancel culture. That's what they were trying to do. But here's the problem with that. They only have emotions and feelings to cancel something. Guess what they don't have? They don't have the money to shut it down. So, a Joe Rogan can go on Spotify and make $100 million. And the people are pissed off. Tommy. They'll pull their records, they'll pull the music and all this other stuff. Well, the problem is Spotify is still making money. And they're making more money than people would resist. As an example, just like any other entity. That's the way it works. How many times have you seen boycotts? Now, I know a lot of people will say, well, they worked in the South. Yeah, they worked in the South under one condition. It's because they had taken the people there that used public transportation for granted. And the thing was, they had a lot of things built on that particular element when it came to transportation for the economy. It put a dent in what they did, but it didn't stop it, did it? Because the money didn't stop flowing. And see, that's the thing you have to understand. It may pull a lull on something, it may slow it up a bit, but it doesn't stop it, it doesn't cancel it, it doesn't do away with it. I can't tell you how many times this show has been threatened to be canceled by some of the people that disagree with what I talk about. Some of the people that are feelings are hurt because I talk about subjects that relate to them. And I don't know them personally. The one lady who said that the show should be based on religion. I should be talking about God, Jesus, and love in relationships. I'm like, hell, you got a lot of those going. This is not one. Everybody who knows me, especially those me personally, I'm not a religious man. Never have been. Because I have questions. I got kicked out of church in 1969 for asking one simple question to a pastor. Where was Jesus for those years between his teenage years and when he died? He got offended because I asked the question because he was above reproach. But what I did actually do at that time, didn't realize it as a kid, I took his power away. And what happened? The people who were offended by that, how dare you try to take his power away? But this is what happened. I didn't mind getting kicked out of church. It didn't bother me at all. Because here's the thing I have to realize. After seeing so many people pray over the years over all kinds of shit and to see things go the opposite way, 
Kind of makes us feel good. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a coping tool. And we think we've done something because we prayed and, and we've seen results to our favor. But you got to ask yourselves, what's the zero-sum game here? We're all going to die at some point. I had a friend of mine years ago that was really ill. And he shared something with me that was kind of interesting. After his wife and kids had gone and left the hospital, and he was there, he says, um, you know, he says, I appreciate them praying and all these things. He says, but you don't realize, man. He says, if I had a choice between dying right now with no pain and suffering as I am, I think I'd choose death. And I asked him, I said, why are you being so morbid? He said, because here's the thing. He said, the doctor said, I'm going to have this pain for the rest of my life. And he says, I have to look at my quality of life. And it has diminished. And he told me about some of the things he couldn't do anymore. Things I really didn't need to know. Telling me he couldn't satisfy his wife anymore. And he was begging her to go out and start sleeping with other men. So at least he didn't feel so guilty because of his illness that he didn't ruin her life. And of course she wouldn't want to hear it. She stood by him all the way. He did recover. But when he did, he suffered for many years before he passed away. And it was not a pleasant sight. And folks, I will tell you, that thankless person in your life gets sick and see how thankful they'll be. Get hurt, see how thankful they will be. They don't show up at the hospital when you're sick. They'll tell you some bullshit about, oh, well, I don't like being around sick people or hospitals because uh, that means that something can happen to me. I wait till you get out. Do you really need people like that in your life? The answer is no. I don't give a fuck how phobic they are. You don't need them. Because those are conditional friends. This is the reason why as you get older, you're going to drop a lot of those bullshit friends you don't need. Some of you are dealing with them right now. You go and do something for them. They don't reciprocate. You lend them money. Family members, friends. And then they tell you some shit about, yeah, well, I'm going to pay the money like it's a nuisance to them, but it wasn't a nuisance when they asked for it. Some of you ladies have lent men money when you went on first dates with them. You've written in about it. A guy had to go pay a fine. So you lent him $175. I had to go get a passport and ID card. Had to go get a security certificate for his damn uh, job. A security card. And you go and you do it willfully. 
thinking you're doing the right thing for these people. But never questioning the fact that you're trying to date me and you don't have enough money for a damn guard card to become a security guard? Come on now. And you ladies, talk about you want to go to this restaurant and that restaurant. Knowing damn well half of your bellies have never been full of any of the food at any of those restaurants. You just want to go because somebody else went and you want to one-up them. We need to come off of it. We need to come off of it. You guys spend your hard-earned money to take these women out. They don't give you as much as a handshake or a kiss after the date. They give you a shallow thank you, and then they don't want to go out with you no more because they're going out with another dude that's going to give them another meal. And they cycle through like that. And ladies, there are more of those women out there than there are good women. These are the things that the guys write in complaining about. A lot of you ladies complain about the guys who come in and they're borrowing shit from you. They're asking to borrow this or borrow that. And you're allowing them to do it. I'm telling you the main standard you should have for any person in your life, can you pay your own damn bills independent of me? Can you do that? That should be the first criteria. I don't give a damn how much money you make, whether you're on a fixed income or whether you're a billionaire. Can you pay your own bills? Something as fundamental as that. And you'll have people who will lie about that. But they don't need to know my business. Well, if they're getting in a relationship with you and then they start dating you and they go over to your place and then they come over there one evening and the doors are locked, the place is dark, and there's a pay rent or quit notice on your door, and there's a big ass padlock, and you're calling them because you're embarrassed, you're not living over at your parents' house. Yeah, well, you know, and what that meant was you weren't ready to date. You weren't emotionally available because your emotions was on how the fuck do I stay in my apartment? Not on how do we build a future. And this is what you have to think about and you have to really look at. Are you ready today? Some of you are not. A lot of these ladies will contact me about all kind of problems that they have men too. I can't find a woman that, that can understand my situation. Situation is he's in a custody battle. And he's spending every damn dime to try to get his kid back. And yet, going out on dates, talking about women, talking to women about how they're bitches and everything because he's fighting for custody. No woman in her right mind wants to hear that shit. Because you're not emotionally available or ready to date. You go, you go on a date with a lady and she's purging about how men ain't shit because the last few guys just used her for sex. Guys, why are you sitting there? What you gonna do? Just because she's fine, you gonna sit there and just wait and fuck her? Good luck if you get her pregnant. 
That's all I say to you. But you're gonna be the whipping boy from then on. You're gonna run across a lot of emotionally unavailable people. These people are gonna be thankless and unappreciative of your efforts. They're gonna feel entitled. They're gonna feel emboldened and they don't care. We'll talk more in a moment. This has been my very first time using my menstrual blood as a facial mask and it's already like super glowy so I can't wait to wash it off and see what it does to my skin. Um, of course this is a filter as we all know and I don't really look this perfect <laughs> um, but I can't wait to see what my actual skin looks like under this. Um, it's felt really nice though doing this and I honestly thought it was going to smell, but um, it doesn't smell like anything. Uh, what was left over, I actually drank, and it doesn't taste like anything. It kind of just tastes a bit metallic um, because it is blood. So it's been interesting. Let's see where this takes us. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that's what I like. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, what you're realizing now is that some of the things that used to be dormant and held in secrecy by people has now come out since the internet. So you're going to see people that engage in certain practices that you may think are unorthodox, unethical, um, morally reprehensible, etc., etc. But these are the people that you will be dating. Now, there's a good possibility that this woman's probably married, has a husband, boyfriend, and if she doesn't, the guy's going to have to realize that this is part of her regimen in life. So, what that means primarily is that he will have to deal with a woman that puts menstrual blood on her face and drinks the rest of it. Now, some people may find this grossly reprehensible and unsustainable for any kind of relationship, but believe it or not, there is someone for everyone. Now, one thing that I will tell you, I just have one question. What is she going to do when she's no longer dropping eggs and she's older and she no longer has a menstrual cycle? Good question. Don't know, do they? We'll have to see. But here's the thing that you have to keep in mind. In some capacity, we all have dormant fantasies, things that we would like to do, things that may be seen natural. Others may look at it in the sense of it being more or less absurd. There was a woman a while back, she and her female lover, she had a child, and what they did, they had a friend that owned a restaurant that actually prepared the placenta for consumption, and the woman ate the placenta from her birth. It varies. People have different proclivities. You never know. A lot of these are not actually revealed until later on in the relationship, but here's a word to the wise. You want to try to get these things out within the first three dates so you'll know what you're dealing with, whether or not you can stay or stomach it. The reason why I say this early is because many people try to go along with this thing of impressing the person, currying favor with them, and then later on slapping them with the truth of who they are, what they're doing. It doesn't work, especially those of you who try to 
do this facade until you get engaged and married. You can still get divorced. These people can still divorce you. If they're not into that and they tell you this up front, live with it. Don't try to convert or change them. A lot of you men go out here wanting a threesome with your girlfriend. And then you want to carry that over in the relationship. Your girlfriend warns you, uh, I don't think this would be a good idea. Uh, I'm kind of reluctant on it, not into it. I tell you to always find someone that's what's, what you're into that they're into first. So in that way, it makes it much easier because trying to convince somebody or cajole someone to get into something, you may create a Frankenstein where this person may like whatever you decided to introduce them to better than you do. Swingers, those kind of things. So this will help you immensely. Now, when it comes down to things such as what this woman does, this is part of her routine. And any man that comes into her life has to understand that this is something that's a deal breaker for her. She has to have this. If a man can't accept it, the odds are there will be a man to accept this situation over a man that's, for instance, who tried to put sperm over his skin in order to enhance his appearance, right? So we know that, well, there are some women that will be into that, but what you have to think about is the majority would be repulsed by it. And so... In this case, what this does, it also minimizes the selection process for that person. Now, what this means is that the reason why many of you are not with a partner has to do with some of these idiosyncrasies that you have that are considered normalized. And they may be acceptable to you, but may be less acceptable to the mainstream of society or the larger swath of the population. And this is something that you have to understand and contend with at times. Now, here's the reason why I say don't procrastinate too long with some of the things that you may have uh, in your coffers that may need to come to the surface. It makes it much easier for the person to make the decision and saves you time and them time. Don't get greedy and try to be with the person because you like them, because they're cute, because they're just the person you wanted except for this little thing you have to introduce to them. That little thing that you marginalize may be a big thing to that person. That's the reason why you want to get it out front. Now, there are obvious things that you should reveal to your partner before going into a relationship. Marital status. Justify that, please. Let them know exactly what's going on with that. Any kind of diseases, communicable STDs or anything like that, let them know that up front. Other things that you will need to inform them about. Let them know about any other situation that may be of danger to them and you at any given time together, such as angry ex-boyfriends or girlfriends, uh, legal actions, anything that's pertaining to you going away to prison, anything that may pertain to you not really being able to substantiate having a date with this person. It could be something where you got caught for bank fraud and the trial's coming up. These kind of things, you want to kind of let your partner know. Because I can tell you, if you're planning on a relationship with them, yes. Now, if you're going for a booty call or something like that, mm, you get what you get, right? So it's on you. But it all depends on how much integrity you have with your partner. That's what it's contingent on. The truth you tell will avoid a lie to be told in the future. Just telling you this, 
Because with lies, they're perpetual. You got to keep them going. And it's going to be too difficult to do that as you get closer to the person that you really would like to be with. And oh, and another thing too, folks, by omitting something or not really telling the full truth on something, that's just as bad as you telling a lie. And you're going to be held to that standard. You're not going to get around it. And true enough, we all hate rejection when we tell the truth to people. I hate it all the time when I tell them I have a physical disability. But I'd rather for them to know that up front than to try to fake it till I make it, then I meet them and I tell them, hey, guess what? It's unfair to them and unfair to me. And the first thing they want to know, they want to know about the disability, what's the limitations of it, what you can and can't do. And the first thing they look is, well, what will the burden be on me to be with you? That's the first thing they look for. And so with that, you will have those issues coming up. And you have to, you know, just have an explanation for them. Explain to them what, what's going on. Explain to them and educate them about the situation you're dealing with. So they have a better understanding. They could still say no, and more than likely they probably will. Because they're looking at it, why should I be with a, a disabled person when I could be with a healthy one? But you also have the argument of, if the disabled person is in sound mind, and the healthy person you get with may not be, where are you? In the same boat, at a deficit. So it's a risky run. But we want everything to be, as we perceive it, perfect. But perfection, just like love, just like everything else, it has a perspective for different people. And what we have to understand is that happiness is also ambiguous. Somebody could find happiness in being with someone living in a log cabin in Montana. Others may find happiness living in a one-bedroom apartment in New York City. Others may find happiness living on the beach in Southern California. It depends on what their perception of happiness is and the scope of their happiness. What does it involve? These are questions that need to be asked and you need to ask yourselves. Now, one thing that I will tell you in parting from here, what she's doing here by putting it out on TikTok like this means that she's comfortable with this part of her lifestyle. So a man that would come into her life would have to understand that this would be incorporated as part of their lifestyle as a couple. When you start a relationship with a person and they're showing you some sort of kindness and generosity, acknowledge it. Now, true enough, some people do it as a rule, just to go get you in, think they're nice, and then they pull you in close, and then they try to use you, and then swear up and down, you owe them for this and that. Yes, you have those folks. But then again, you have others that genuinely are good people. And sometimes you've been burned so many times that you think that everybody's bad. Everybody's out to get you. Everybody's out to do you in. And that's not the case. But you may have a perception that's the case because you've been conditioned that way from your past experience. And it naturally happens. 
hell, I was in that position many times. But what you have to understand, too, is that not everybody's out to do you in. Not everybody's out to be evil. But there are some people that don't know any better. And let me tell you something. You're not going to be able to pick these people out by, oh, she's bad or he's bad or this person's thankless or that person's thankless. The only way you find that out is by their actions after you've interacted with them. Outside of that, you work with those people every day. Some of those people will open the door for you. Some of those people will wait on your table. Some of those people will give you a bar at the or give you a drink at the bar. Some of those people will serve you food in a restaurant. Some of those people will park your car at the valet. What I'm saying is it happens to every facet of our society when it comes to people. You don't know what you're dealing with until you open a package. That's with any relationship. The armchair quarterbacking you hear are usually from ignorant people. People that have never run into a situation like that because they've been fortunate are people who have run into it so many times that they're in denial. And there's some of them that say, well, you know, I don't run into that problem because I'm picky. No, you're not picky. It's because you're scared to get out there and get fucked up because you've been fucked up before. And it could very well be that you have those standards set so high for one reason. You don't trust your own judgment. And that's usually where it falls most of the time. See, a person's judgment is shaken when they've made a bad choice in a partner. And they go through that experience. What's the first thing a person says after they've gone through a bad relationship? How could I have been so stupid? And then what they do is they look back and they try to Monday morning quarterback on every aspect of that relationship. However, in the beginning, when they were going forward, did they say anything about criticisms or anything like that? The answer is no. It was smooth sailing as they saw it. So what it comes down to, folks, is this. How you treat yourself will dictate how others treat you. So if you continue to go and do things for people that don't acknowledge you, don't care about you, give a shit less what happens to you, you need to stop right then. And I'm going to tell you something else, too. Some of you like to go and acknowledge, hey, I did this for you and I didn't get a thank you. If you have to ask for it, guess what that means? They didn't have the home training to recognize it. And not only that, they didn't give a shit in the first place. You were the one that did. So remember, if you give a shit and your partner doesn't, what do you have? What really do you have? What kind of relationship do you have? You have nothing. You're going in alone. Now, other things that you have to look at as well with these kind of situations. Look at their friends. Now, I'm one of the opinion that this occurs. If a person has a lot of friends, that's not necessarily a good thing. If they don't have many friends, 
that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I'll tell you why. As you age, you should have fewer friends. True friends. Because if you don't, all your business is going to be out there because loose lips will fly, right? If a person has a lot of friends, guess what I look at? All of these people are benefiting from this individual in some capacity. What is the benefit to them? That's the first thing I look for. And once you find that out, then you'll have an idea as to how that person's appreciated by the others. I'll give an example. There was a lot of times I would go out and I'd always see this very fine woman. And she'd have an entourage of minions. In other words, the women that weren't so attractive that hung around her because she was maybe the tallest, the prettiest, and maybe the lightest complexion with the longest hair. And she was the draw. And these men would just flock to this woman. And her little female bodyguards would hop up and say, oh, well, you know, you can't be just talking to my friend like that, and et cetera, et cetera. Because the only attention they ever received was when they were around this woman. Because they knew she was going to draw men. And by her drawing those men, they had a chance to pick up the crumbs off the table. And many of the ladies always had that one girlfriend that never paid for anything, never had any money. And they would have to cover her, and you'd hear them arguing about it. See, as men, when we do that, we may cover the guy one night for some drinks. Uh, It's not going to happen a second time. His ass is just going to be left at home. That's the way we do it. And he knows in order to get back in our good graces, guess what he has to do? He has to shit some money before he comes our way. And that's the way it works. But people, if you don't get anything out of this particular episode, the one thing I want you to get out of it is expect reciprocity if you do something nice for your partner or potential partner. And they should expect the same of you if they've done something nice for you. The minute this does not occur, that is disrespect. You don't have to second guess it. You don't have to question yourselves about it. You had it slapped right in your face. And it's not healthy. It's a filthy situation to be in. Because this person may use you as a social stepping stone to get somewhere else. And whatever you provide for them, they feel as though they're entitled to it. I went out with a woman one time, years ago, back in the 80s. And she was bragging about how she didn't have to pay for anything. She said, yeah, I got my money. 
we had ordered the food. I had taken her out. And she said, yeah, I ain't spending my money. She said, like, I got you out here. You paying for my dinner. She said, these shoes I had, they're $500 shoes. This man paid for my shoes. This dress I'm wearing, somebody else paid for that. This purse, somebody else paid for that. She took pride in it because she felt entitled. And of course, she thought that I was going to just follow suit. Well, I went on and paid for dinner. And I let her talk herself out of a good potential relationship. I just listened. And she said, oh, I had a good time tonight. Um, do you think we can do this again soon? I said, yeah, sure, whatever you want. And I'm saying to myself sarcastically, not in a million years, when your ass get out of this car, that's it. And oh, she called me for about three weeks straight. Hey, I was thinking we could go to this restaurant. I was thinking that we could do this. Nah, that's okay. I don't feel like doing it. All right, let me know when you're available when you feel like going somewhere. As if she's doing me a favor by asking me to go out with her to spend my money on her. Someone as thankless as she was. Not interested. People become emboldened with things like this. Because the more people are complicit in enabling this person, the brasher they become, the more entitled they become. They feel as though at that point, I can do anything, I'm invincible. And the reason being, it was allowed. The person I was with allowed that to happen. So therefore, the next person I get with should allow it also. And of course, if you don't, then all of a sudden you're cheap, you're broke. And fellas, let me tell you something. It's not a negative thing when a woman calls you broke. Let me tell you why. There was many guys that I knew. They used to hang out in the clubs. And women would tell them, yeah, you're broke ass. And he'd say, yeah, you know, I am broke, but guess what? All my bills are paid. So when I'm out here with just the crumbs that are left over, and after all, I was able to save 20% of my last paycheck, just like I had before. So that emotional outburst about being broke, it rings hollow. Because that person's in their feelings, and they're trying to make you in some way feel like they do. Your job is not to ever feel like someone else if they're down on themselves. That's not your job, that's not your lift. Let them deal with that shit, let them keep it. Because after all, they're miserable by themselves. Imagine you with them, you'd be miserable too. So what upside do you have? Because she has a body, because she has a shape. Guys, one thing I want you to keep in mind about this, those of you who are motivated by sex, there's always a very attractive woman out there who's looking for a good man that she could have sex with on a regular basis. It could be a friends with benefits situation. It could be a permanent relationship. 
but she has needs just like you do as a man. The thing is, she does not express those needs like men do for the most part. But let me tell you, you get a hold of the right woman, yeah, she'll be as freaky and as perverted and as kinky as you are, if not more. So don't think that that woman that's trying to take the moral high ground, who's telling you that, you know, you got to do this and do that, is to catch me out. Because I'm telling you, a lot of them, the only thing they have is that vagina. Outside of that, once they finish fucking you for the first time, yeah, they're rolling their eyes and trying to figure out, okay, where does the relationship go from here? Because that's all I had. Just like some of you dudes, ladies, you know, the guy lay down some dick, he don't have a job, doesn't have a car, don't have any ambition. Now, what are you doing? You're looking at him. What is he doing? Uh, he's like, well, you know, <laughs> you chose me. I didn't choose you. So you knew my situation. So it's up to you to make the decision, ladies, up front. What's going to fly and what's not. And a lot of you are derelict on your duty. You fall in love with the guy. Guy ain't shit. But you still will be with him. But the good guy, you're going to go and put him through all these hoops and ladders. And so the ain't shit guy winds up getting you pregnant. And then after you're done with him, you go to the good guy, the guy that's about something. And expect him to accept you and your kids and all the other bullshit that goes with you. Give me a damn break. This is the reason why we reject you. The reason why a lot of these black men are not with black women in the community is because of that. You chose the thug first, and now you're coming to us to clean your shit up. We ain't interested. We'll go with another race of a woman, another ethnicity, another background before we fuck with you. Not because of your race, not because of your skin color, because of the fucked up choice you made when it came down to choosing a man. That's what we look at. We don't look at the kids. We don't look at your poverty level. We look at your choices, your decisions. Because as men, this is the way we survive every day. By the decisions we make. We make the wrong decisions, we die. Wrong decisions, we get into the wrong altercation with a man, we can wind up dead more than likely. We get in the wrong altercation with a police officer, we wind up dead. When we go beyond the scope of what we know what we can do and can't do, that's when we get fucked up. See, we don't have this caveat that women do. Ladies, you can start something and then cry, and after you do that, you'll get the sympathy and empathy of people. As a man, if we make a bad decision, we got to stand by that. We're held to that standard. That's the way it is. You look at this last trial with uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. They found that a lot of things were not true. And yes, you got the empathy in the end. This woman's going to have to have about $23, $24 million to pay off all those debts. That's a hell of a stretch. That's a hell of a way to go. 
Now what you have to remember, folks, is this. Society really paid attention to the situation. Now I don't believe that a woman should be abused or anything like that by no stretch. But I also believe that a woman needs to be fair and truthful when it comes down to situations that she may be exposed to so that the right thing can be done to address the wrong. Men don't get that option. Let me tell you other areas. There was a woman in California that slept with a 14-year-old boy who was a friend of her son's. She wound up getting pregnant by this 14-year-old. 14-year-old got scared when the woman told him that she was pregnant. This woman was married. He goes and tells his mother. Mother finds out, tells dad. They go have her ass locked up for statutory. She had to do five years and still had the child. If it had been a man with a teenage girl and got her pregnant, his ass wouldn't have seen the light of day for 30 years. So you have that type of indifference when it comes down to gender. And these are the very things that men and women have a riff over in our current society. Because when women talk about equality, the first thing men do, they look at the judicial system and they're saying, wait a minute, let's do something with the equality in these sentences where a woman can get a psychological evaluation if she kills a child, even if it's by accident or manslaughter. But a man, no matter what, (laughs) they're not gonna send him to no damn psych. They send him straight to prison. And this is the envy when it comes between the genders because of this. It's not right, it's not fair. But we have to look at the whole scope of things. We're only here for a short period of time on this earth, and we want to be with the best partner that we can be with. And even though right now, as I speak, some of you have already realized you've made a poor choice in the person you're trying to go for. Some of you have already understood where I'm coming from when I'm talking about being with that thankless person. And fellas, thank your woman for cooking your meal. Thank her for washing your clothes. Thank her for putting up with your shit. And ladies, you should thank the man as well for the same things. Because that that little acknowledgement helps a hell of a lot. Because they don't get those thank yous at work. They don't get those thank yous when they park in a parking space and somebody comes out and say, hey, that's mine. You don't get those thank yous. And it's about time we start acknowledging each other in a nice and more productive way. Now, I'm not talking about birds chirping and all that shit, but I am talking about common decency. Because our society now, we call women hoes, bitches, and they call men the N-word. Jerks. And what we're doing is we become so emotional in our interaction with people 
and sometimes we lose the respect that they deserve. Fellas, ask a woman her name. Quit calling her shawty or whatever the hell. She wants to hear her name. The reason being her parents gave her an identity. And she wants to be recognized. That's how you recognize a woman. Not calling her queen or no dumb shit like that. Queen of what? Drag queen or what? Get rid of those self-appropriated titles. Quit acting like children. And be respected like adults because that's what you're treated like. Children. Well, folks, I'm ready to go, but I want to thank you for listening. But remember, think before you love. And thank the person you're with for whatever they do for you. Even though this is a skit by Daphne Springs, comedian, she's very funny. She has a valid point here. Now, this is the biggest fear that most men have, the crazy girlfriend. Now, I can tell you personally, this right here, if you survive one, you've done it well. Even though this is a funny skit, the message does resonate. You cannot leave me because I'm not leaving you. Oh God, you better call me back or respond to my text messages or else you're going to be reading a ransom letter about Mm, your mama. mm, Be quiet, mm, Miss Pearl. mm, Miss Pearl, be quiet. mm, Now I'm not playing with you. mm, You need to call me or else I'm going to sacrifice your mama. mm, So have your little friends know that I'm not playing no games and that you need to call. For real, stop playing. Look, look, look. Tell them, Miss Pearl. Tell them to call me, Miss Pearl. Okay, call this crazy bitch. She done took the last of my insulin. Mm-hmm. Call her. Your mama need that insulin. Oh, you call me. Oh, stop playing, Carrie. Oh, I miss you. I miss you. Miss Pearl, wake up. So happy for you to join us, Carrie. What are you doing? I got your mama. I see that. You all on Instagram. Why are you, why do you have my mama? Because your ass been not responding to my text messages, leaving me on red. All for a reason. We are not together no more. What are we together? To death do us part. What do I got to do to get rid of you? You can't get rid of me. See, mama, look. You done got yourself into some mm-hmm. I told you about mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. You wanted to deal with her. Now this is what you deal with. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm out. Give me your wallet. Keep the water. I don't even care no more. Bye. 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 We got the money. That big ass owe me so much money. He ain't just like his daddy. See, I knew it. Daddy told me about you. You ain't slick. Give me my wallet. Give me my wallet. You better give me my wallet. You better give me my wallet. Give me my wallet. Oh mother, you can't give me my wallet. Give me my wallet. Shut up. The sad truth is there are some women that are so desperate, just like there are men, 
who will go through extreme measures. True enough, this was a comical exaggeration of it. But the reality of it is, fellas, some of you have already experienced this type of situation. And this is the reason why I tell you, inform your woman before you go out on your first date if you're dealing with somebody like this. Fellas, I'm telling you, give her a heads up. Even though you may be the man that think you're in control and charge, who do women usually go after when they're angry? To go after the path of least resistance, which is going to be the woman. This is why you want to make sure that you are protected. Now, ladies, you are notorious for not telling a man that you have a crazy ex. I experienced this firsthand a couple of times. And let me tell you, it was not a pleasant uh, situation. I told you about the one time the woman lied to me and didn't tell me that she was married. And I brought her home. Husband was waiting there with a gun. Trying situation. But fortunately, he had the presence of mind to realize that his wife had deceived other men too, including him. But it could have turned very ugly for me at that time. There are other times, going out with a lady, and we came out to dinner one night, and after we finished dinner, this car just pulls off from the curb and speeds off, and she looks at me and says, oh my God, that was my ex. Again, my ass could have been had. And apparently he followed us all the way to the restaurant. This is no laughing matter. Even though she, you know, presented in a comedic way, you never know. Because what you may think will not impact someone may impact them deeply. So you have to be very careful. You have to be attentive and quit being so dismissive when people are telling you things and talking to you when you're breaking up with them. You want to listen to certain key words and take them seriously. Nothing is TMI when you're dealing with another person. A lot of times people will disclose things about themselves to you and you ignore it. You slough it off. That's how you get in trouble. You have to listen. You have to understand. There are some people that you will never be able to rationalize with. No matter how you try to explain things to them, They may not get it or they may not want to get it. You know, when you deal with someone who says, well, you know, I don't want to hear that. Why are you in a relationship with that kind of person? Whenever you hear that, those words from a person, that's a flag right there for you to get out of that relationship. No, I don't want to hear that. Because what they're saying is they want to be appeased. They want you to tell them something that they would like to hear. And what are you dealing with in that kind of situation? You're dealing with something that's not even authentic. You can't even be yourself with that person. You got to feed them a placebo just for the relationship to exist. So you have to really look at what you're dealing with. Look, I've been on the dating scene for 30 years. I know what's out there. It doesn't change. Just because you got a little technology out there, you're thinking that, oh, everything's new and modern. 
No, it's not. It's the same old shit with just computers and cell phones. Hasn't changed at all. It's new to you younger people because you're new to the world. But the world existed way before you came into it. And you can do all of the retro education you want to on Wikipedia, YouTube, and all the rest of these resources. Guess what? There are many of us that live through the things you're trying to learn. And what you have to understand is just like with anything else, unless you were there, the only thing you know is the way the narrative has been told by others. What I'm telling you here is something that you really need to look at and really need to consider. Because see, people have different emotional levels. You would think that most normal people would get something when you tell them, hey, if relationship's not going to work, we're going to have to call it quits. We've got to go our separate ways. And they will normalize that and say, okay, well, you know, it's going to take me a while to get over it. I'll get over it. But you got others that'll say, nope, we're not breaking up on what the hell are you talking about? No. Mm-mm. When you signed up to be with me, you signed up for life. That person is going to be problematic. That person, you're going to have to minimize your interactions with, if not cut them off altogether. That person, you might have to get a restraining order for. Because you don't know how deep someone is. You may not be into a person like they're into you. And that can be very problematic. And you may thinking, maybe thinking, well, you know, I was just only went, went to lunch with him. But damn, why is he doing all this? Some people take it because they're at a different emotional level than you are. So you're thinking that out of the kindness of your heart, this guy has been begging you to go out to dinner. You finally take him on going out to dinner or lunch, and you go with him, but you just think that it's just a friendly thing. You call him friend, and he's trying to make advances, and you're kind of saying, no, no, thank you. And then what you start to notice is it becomes more aggressive. At that point, you got to put him in check, and then you got to realize, okay, this person mistakes genuine kindness as a romantic overture. Because he may not have been kind, been treated kindly by a woman before. A woman may have never taken him out on a date or asked him to go on a date with her. So he may not know how to function. Because you've got a lot of people that are socially inept. That's the reason why you see all the popularity of the internet. All these trolls and people on it. Because they can't express themselves in person the way they do online. You walk past these people every day and don't even notice it. You work with them. You go to church with them. You go to Walmart and you stand in line behind them. You have no idea. They may be an introvert in public, but an extrovert online. And so, they can't express their feelings in public sometimes. They don't know how to. And so they may feel awkward when they're actually put into a situation where someone showing some sort of kindness towards them. They may misinterpret that kindness as being something that's more than what it is. And you have some people that are like that because they've been so desolate so long that they don't know what something good is like. Just like there's some people 
that don't even know what a healthy relationship is. They consider a healthy relationship if they're fighting and breaking things, arguing with each other. Because that's all they've seen. So that's all they know. They don't grow from experiences. They don't try to go and challenge themselves to do something that they know may be not what it should be. Or maybe they see something that's different and they may wonder, why are they getting along? Why are they not arguing? Why are they not cussing and throwing things at each other? But a lot of times these people don't learn from observation because they're too proactive doing and they never sit back to think and to observe. After mistakes we make in life, if we would just take a few seconds and think about the consequences of those actions, you'll find out people are in less trouble than others. I remember distinctly back in the 1990s when the big thing was to try to be like Tupac and to be that gangster dude. Then I started to think, I said, wait a minute. All these guys, and some of these guys were born before Tupac was like myself. And we're sitting back waiting. Wait a minute, why the hell are we going to try to be like somebody because they're popular and trendy? They're just supposed to attract women? Are we going to do all this for just the attention of women? Well, what are you going to do after you got their attention? What are you going to do to keep it? Still act a fool? Didn't make any sense. So we had to look at things a little bit more logically. Are you going to be walking around with your pants sagging, wearing Jordans at age 55? Going to a nightclub trying to talk to a 22, 23-year-old and try to act like you're still here? I think not. So, at some point, you got to have your own identity. And your identity does not begin with a relationship or with a person. You should have that before you go into a relationship. A defined sense of self. And if you don't have that, you're lost. And this is the reason why those people that can't let go, they're lost. Just like the character that she's portraying in this particular skit. Lost. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. 
For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.